Welcome to the Every Thought Matters Podcast. This is a podcast about origin stories, thoughts, and whatever else may come up. Please subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. I hope you enjoy these wonderful conversations. And thank you again for listening. This episode of the Every Thought Matters Podcast, I welcome Vinka Yarkovic. Vinka brings a wealth of life experience to this podcast and talks about empathy, the brilliant difference, DPI, selling from love, and much, much more. Join us for a wonderful story and a lot of nuggets to help you in your daily lives. Thank you for joining us, and I hope you enjoy this episode. All right, Finka, welcome. I'm so glad. My gosh, I, we had a little chat before we started, and whoa, you got a lot of energy today. I love this. This is awesome. I am. Uh, thanks, Kelly, for having me here. I'm excited to be here. And uh, yeah, like what a way to start the day. Of course, I'm going to be excited uh, having a conversation with you here. <laughs> yeah. And that's one thing, just as a lead in, I, this is conversation. This isn't an interview. And I am, this isn't, you know, dateline or anything. This is just two people talking and then somehow we have a recording button. So I'm happy about it. And I'm, your energy blew me away. It's like, I mean, tell me about how you started your day and how you get ready for a day. So I live out in the country. So I moved. Um, so my family and I, uh, a bit back in 2015, we were doing one of those moments of what do we want in our life? What would be most important? And honest to God, my husband and I were having conversations. We were married about 15 years at that point. And we were having conversations we should have had before we were married. Like, what do you value most? What's most important? But we had come to this crossroads. We were, I had a, you know, a, a downtown Toronto corporate job. He owned his business. We had our young daughter was six at the time. We drop her off in the morning at daycare. We pick her up at night at the end of, you know, the daycare or after school program. And it was just like, we weren't having enough hours in the day to spend with each other, spend with our daughter, um, just have that quality time and, and focus on the things that matter most. And so then we started debating like, well, maybe we should just pick up and leave this, you know, city hustle and bustle lifestyle. And it took a couple of, I think we talked about it even prior to that, a couple of years, but that particular year, there was something that shifted in us and that we were ready to make that change. We got mm -hmm. serious about the conversation. I think also what was happening is our daughter was six at the time and she was still in grade one. And, and so she hadn't yet built those friendships that like, you know, they, she wouldn't hate us <laughs> if we moved. Right, right. It's like, you yeah. took me away from my friends. And so then we decided, all right, let's do it. And so we, uh, we sold the city life and we bought 85 acres up uh, three hours Northwest of Toronto. And we, all we really wanted to live was a nature, a life closer to nature. And so we live on 10 acres of like pasture and 75 acres of forest with trails. Whoa. So we can, you know, hike and bike and we've got a couple ATVs. And, but then what ended up happening, Kelly, was um, life just kind of unfolded with more opportunity. And so, and we're both very creative and innovative uh, from different perspectives, but uh, we ended up, you know, long story short, we raise our own chickens, we grow our own food, our garden, our vegetables. Uh, we now have a couple of horses, we grow lavender and make essential oil, we keep bees. 
Uh, what else do we do? Uh, we have some chickens and most recently we just tapped uh, some of the maple trees in our forest and we made oh. uh, maple syrup. No. Yeah, it was like so good. you're not Canadian until you do that, right? Ex yeah, for sure, for sure. And so, yeah, it was a really great experience of the last two weeks. We'd, you know, cook for four days, and out of that came uh, uh, some maple syrup. And, you know, this morning made some fresh yogurt and drizzled some maple syrup, some walnuts, and had a run. So, all those things I'm going to say contribute to my enthusiasm and excitement for the day. <laughs> That's awesome because uh, you had just been our interactions in setting this up and it's taken us a couple months to get here but it just seems like you do have that natural enthusiasm for life where did you get that from I mean aside from I personally I think you just let go of all of that city hustle energy and when you let go of that energy everything else that gives space for all those other things to come in but did you always have this kind of beautiful energy that I see here and I'm hearing, you know, through my headphones. Have you always had that? I'm going to say deep inside me, it's always been in there. However, I've, I started working um, at the, at the bank and I think even going through school and the way we were raised, like all of that influences and informs how we show up. But, sure. and so I wasn't, I'm going to say embracing my full self. I wasn't always allowing myself to be seen. And what I will say is the more I've stepped into who I was and things like my personality or my characteristics that I bring to the table, you know, I'm an out of the box thinker. I, I'm always, my head's always three, four steps ahead and not making myself wrong for those things because it was different from other people. And so that was, and I worked in, in banking for 20, you know, 20 plus years and it's a very traditional environment. And so we took care of people's money. So it's financial services. So when you come up with like, Hey, let's try this, let's do this way. Let's try this. Let's anytime I would suggest that the traditional response was, well, we don't do it here. We don't do that around here like that. It's never been done here before or that won't work because, and then you'd give a, get a long list versus the, you know, not that you need a half glass full cup, but it's just that notion of let's look at life through possibility and what ifs and imagine if, and, um, I had a number of, I'm going to say, I'm going to say two big rock bottoms where you, I really needed to hit the lowest of the low. And, and I do believe that in order to make change in our lives, there's a couple of ways in which we do it. I needed the, I needed the rock bottom approach, meaning, I needed mm -hmm. to hit the lowest of the low. So things had to get bad, worse, like almost bad enough that it was easier to change than to let, let things still stay right. the same. Yeah. Wow. And that, that happened. And I think because I've had those lessons, it allowed me to say, okay, there has to be a better way. And I think just even asking that question, there has to be a better way. Or I wonder what better way is out there. It gives us the sliver of possibility. And so when I started stepping into that a little bit more, just micro, like nothing huge, no like rip off the bandaid, like what we did was, you know, flip from the city to the country. Those, those are big moves that again, I'm going to say were micro moves in the making because um, mm -hmm. we were, yeah, I do think like, even though it looks like a big move on the outside, it's really, it wasn't really, it was kind of gradual to get there. But I think those were the things that, um, you know, and I feel, I feel blessed that I was, um, I came with the openness and the willingness to seek and be a seeker. Like I'm a seeker of truth. I'm a seeker of life. Uh, you know, I think having some of those traits also helped me 
be the way I am today. Yeah, I'm a seeker as well. And I just, the backstory of how we met is, a, to use the best word is fascinating to me. Mm -hmm. Because I reached out because I'm a fan of Sally Hogshead who wrote How to Fascinate. And that took you down a path. And they said, well, maybe, you know, I wanted her on my podcast. And they said, well, reach out to her. And, and wow, you're, I'm 10 minutes in and I'm, I'm blown away just by this great positive energy. And then I'm so blessed to spend my day off talking to you and feeling just like something inside my veins right now, which is wonderful. And I talk about like how there's so much I want to talk to you about from your book, Self from Love, which is, whew, yeah, that's a big one for me. So we're going to get into that, but I don't know, talk about maybe the fascinate side of mm. your brand because mm you're like a leader in that branding and you teach people how to fascinate. That's a, where did that come from? So back in, so again, so it went the journey of helping for me, helping me become more of who I was fascinate that profile assessment played a big role. So it was back in 2012 when I took the test. So we're coming on close to a decade now. And I was still in my HR job. I was still in the banking world. I was in an HR job and I was in transition. Like, what am I going to do with my life? Where am I going? What's the next thing? And I, I felt inside me like I'm meant for more. <laughs> I can make more change. I can add more value. I can help more people. But I didn't know what that was. And um, one of those, I'm going to say, remember I said I had hit two rock bottom moments that made me change. This yeah. was one, this was the second one back in, in 20, in 2012. And it was one of those moments where I had come to a place where it was just like, it was hard. It was too hard to stay the way it was that I could actually, that I was willing to change. And I said, you know, I was in this moment of, you know, thinking to myself is being who everyone wanted me to be, wasn't going to cost me my life. Like I was literally on a gurney um, in the hospital room experiencing chest pain. And I thought I was having a heart attack, but it was all of this thinking I had to be someone else than who I was. And it added so much pressure on me and it, you know, perfection, pleasing, proving, uh, performing. I talk a lot about it in, in, in my book, Self from Love, but all those things were contorting me to you know, okay, here's, here's who I am at work. Here's who I am with these leaders. Here's who I am at home. And, and it's just, it's way too hard to be juggling that. And of course, you know, you can end up in the ER. And so then, you know, a couple months later, after I made the declaration, I'm going to find a better way. Um, this, this profile test pops into my inbox and I take it and my results were, I lead my for a primary is innovation and my secondary is prestige. So if you take the test, the test has these seven advantages and you're going to be, um, we all speak all seven advantages, but there are two that the world sees you at your best. And so I had my primary innovation and my secondary prestige, which made me a trendsetter. And it was like, you know, the sun, the clouds opened up, the sun shined through. And I'm like, I finally saw me. I I'm like, yes, this is who I am. And it was after the, taking that assessment that I'm like, I'm going to be more of this. I'm going to bring more of this. I'm going to confidently step into this. And everything started to change at work, um, how I was being recognized, how I was adding value, how I was being seen. And I didn't let it get to me that, you know, so then that notion of when people say no to your ideas or, not, or they are not as excited and enthusiastic as you are, 
I stopped making it a, anything about myself. So before I would say, oh, well, maybe something's wrong with the idea. Maybe something's wrong with how I proposed it. Maybe something's wrong with me. Where now I started really seeing the world through, I know I'm a big ideas person. I'm a trendsetter. I'm always three, four steps ahead. It also got me to see that not everyone sees the world in the same way that I do. And so when I think about, and when we, well, when we get into selling, talking about selling from love, but when I think about our leadership and how we show up, you know, our primary foundation is show up with authentic integrity, like be who you are. And so that was me embracing my trendsetterness, like just be it. The second piece is around empathetic communication. Like, so you're communicating. We're, we're, you know, whether we're presenting ideas on Instagram or on LinkedIn or to clients in a proposal or in a meeting to a team, we got to see that the world doesn't see the, worry, the world the way we do. And so how do we have the ability to put ourselves in, those, in their shoes and then translate our message in a way that they're going to hear it? So for me, what that meant was when I was working at the bank, they didn't speak trendsetter language. You know, they were more the blue chip. And so what we had in common is we both spoke prestige, but I spoke innovation. They spoke trust, complete opposites. So what they needed when I needed, when I was proposing a new marketing strategy or a way to, you know, build business, business development in our market or in our community, I needed to prove or show, demonstrate to them that this idea, the innovative idea, that there was, I'm going to say the trust element, that there was some element that this, it was tried before, that there was some success, that it has a track record and that would, and maybe it was tried in another community, maybe in another industry, but it, for them, then it gives, gave them confidence that I knew what I was talking about and they were more likely to say yes. So that simple test, honestly, like it, it, it changed everything for me because it allowed me to embrace who I was, but then appreciate that the world didn't see the way I did. And I needed to adjust my communication be more empathetic, step in their shoes and message my communications in a way that they're going to understand. So that's interesting. And that's neat. And you dropped in the empathetic messaging, which is part of my brand in terms of my coaching and even my podcast. I just try to listen to people and relate back to them in a way that they understand like that. Cause I just, you were talking about that and I'm like, we were destined to meet and, and it's not by chance, but empathy and, and you do that very well with your, your social media presence. I can feel it, you know, the way you post, even the way you create your podcast and I've listened to your podcast and the way, I don't know if you do it yourself or if you got a team, but however that's edited, you do it in a way that draws the people in, but it's from an empathetic perspective. Yeah. So that's really cool. Thank you, Kelly. Um, you know, I think we're here to, we all have a gift and mm -hmm. I call it your brilliant difference, right? And so that's, it's something that's brilliant about you. That's here to make a difference in the world. And so our, our, our job here is let's figure out what that is as fast as possible. Also knowing that it grows as you grow. So our brilliance, as we continue to, uh, shine in places that feel good to us, that we know we can add value, that we bring skills, abilities, capabilities, knowledge, expertise. As we continue to step into that, it also grows and expands. So, you know, at one point I was, I wanted to be a great facilitator and a speaker and I didn't have those skills, but I knew that they were in me. 
And it was an aspiration of what I wanted to do. And, and so back in, so I'm going to go back to that situation where I figured all that stuff at the bank and I'm like, well, I know this tool is going to have a powerful transformational effect on other people. So I own more of who I was, but I also wanted to get into speaking and training and facilitating. And so I went to my HR, I went to my executives that I was supporting and I said, Hey, I'd love to teach this personal branding course, a workshop to, you know, a group of the, it was particularly, I was working in commercial banking and they didn't have a lot of female presence. And I thought, you know, it'd be great if we did this course, this workshop, they'd be, they'd identify with who they were, they'd get more confidence and they'd raise their hand more, say yes to promotions, et cetera. So I go and I do the presentation and I did the whole empathetic approach, you know, step in their shoes, what would be most important to them. And honestly, within 11 minutes, they looked at each other and they said, no, no, we don't want this just for the women. We want this for everybody. And so, yeah. Wow. And, so this was, and I'm like, at that moment, I'm like, oh, that's so exciting. And then Kelly, at the same moment, I'm like, oh no, I've never done a workshop before. How the heck am I going to build this thing? And it's not just to like a small micro group, it's to 350 employees. Sure. And then they said, on top of that, <clears throat> what you need to do first is before we roll it out to the 350 employees, we need the executive team to get the give a stamp of approval. So all you have to present this to all the VPs that run these teams. So exactly. So I'm just like, oh my God, what did I get myself into? <laughs> and so, but this is this process of as we own who we are, we are then also allowing ourselves to become who we're here to be. So there's wow. not this, so like that notion of, I let myself be more of these qualities. I stopped proving, pleasing, being perfect, allowing myself mistakes. And then it's like, and you, once you do that, you settle into that and you're like, oh, okay, now you can get see of well, what do I want to be when I grow up? Well, I want to teach. I want to coach. I want to speak. I want to facilitate. All right. So how am I going to do that? And I'm in a corporate job. I'm in an HR job. That's not part of my job. Well, I'm going to, I, and I just pitch it and see what happens. If it happens, great. It'll be part of my job. I'll make it part of my job. And so I did. And then eventually, so I teach that first workshop to the uh, leadership team. Uh, they give me the thumbs up. And then over three months, so this was over three months, they, uh, in 2013, I ended up presenting um, uh, 13 different workshops. That's when after that, um, Sally Hogshead and the Fascinate team noticed what I was doing. And then in 2015, they invited me to take the take what I was teaching out in these workshops um, to the bank, but also started having my little side business. So I started teaching outside the bank as well and uh, to create a curriculum to certify other people to go out there and you know, use the Fascinate system to help people, you know, build their personal brands, help teams uh, work better together. And then that's how I fell into that role. And that's how we connected. Wow. That's amazing. And that, but you just, you took a leap of faith. And, and as somebody, I worked as a computer programmer for 25 years. And for the last 15, I supported HR. So I know HR departments really well. And for you to just that is such an outside the box idea to present to them to even do a training class. Well, I mean, there's training in HR, but that kind of training is not back. And back then that, that wasn't, you know, cool. 
It wasn't it, a trend. And it, and it wasn't because, you know, there's HR and then there's learning and development. So if right. you were there's doing workshops, different... that, those are different departments. And so then you're right. crossing some lines. And, right. and, um, and I think this is the thing, wherever we are, you know, if we're, um, I still do this process today as a business owner. Uh, I called it at that point, and people probably heard of the, the, the name of like having a passion project. So for me, what that, even though I had my day job as an HR business partner, the workshop I was building to help people have authentic integrity, build their personal brands around who they were so they can have more impact. That was my passion project. I did that outside of work hours. I, that was the thing that actually also fueled my work. It gave me more energy because I had that, this passion project. To this day, I still have passion projects. You know, sometimes they shift to passion projects in my business. Sometimes they're passion projects. Like we just did one this March, which was a maple syrup passion project. You know, that wasn't, you know, we've for five years since we've been here, let's do maple syrup, let's do maple syrup. But it was never something that was, we were ready for because we had so many other things going on. And there was some complexities we had to go through, but this year it became our, you know, our passion project. So I think it's important for us to, look at other ways other than our day jobs, whether it's our corporate job or our businesses that we run, how do you create, how do you continue to learn, grow, be creative and express yourself in other ways? It could be, you know, in 2019, my passion project was writing Sell From Love. It was, it was, a, it's eventually became, you know, a business thing, but it was writing this body of work. So I think it's looking at, here's life, and then where do I squeeze in the passion project in there? So we've always got this thing that's fueling us and getting us excited. Maybe we're learning new skills, maybe we're connecting with new people, uh, but there's this newness and freshness we bring into our life. Wow. And I just, that's amazing. Cause I actually agree with that a hundred percent because, and I also agree that when you get stagnant in life, that's what you can do to get out of it. Even if you're in a boring corporate job or in a boring retail job or whatever, Make sure you have that side. And to me, you know, I identify that with my podcast. This is my passion project and I love it. It's, and as I wrote about today on Instagram, it's, I, I know it's going to be successful. I know it's going to be big. I do. I just, I don't, there's just something deep inside me that says this is going to work. And I'm good with that. But it's still right now because I got a retail job and I've got a coaching and this became my passion project. And I agree with you. And I never looked at it that way. I never looked at it as a creative outlet. And I think we all need that whatever cr creativity is for you, whether it's creating, you know, a bench, you know, as a carpenter on the side, even though you're going in and, you know, doing finished carpentry in a house, you can go do a passion project or something you want. And that's so brilliant. And this is why you're very successful. And I can't, I read your bio and it didn't tell me how many times you've been a public speaker and all of that. Cause you spoke all over the world from what I, what I read. Is that correct? Correct. Correct. Yes. So then, you know, that event, uh, you know, putting myself outside of my comfort zone and pitching a workshop that I had hmm. never yet even learned how to do that uh, eventually led me to, uh, a couple of things. So I, I do believe, you know, putting ourselves out there and practicing the thing that we want to do. Uh, but I also went and tried to learn, learn from experts. Um, I actually went and 
uh, did a certification through the University of Toronto around adult education and how to build good learning programs. So I'm like, I need that skill. <laughs> right. Um, and then I, um, if, if someone, like if you're, if someone's, anyone's interested in learning how to become a better speaker, there's a phenomenal human. Her name is Gail Larson. And she wrote a powerful book called Transformational Speaking. And I had the privilege, uh, this was back in 2016, to go and be part of her four-day program where she teaches you how to become, how to speak from your heart, how to speak from your soul. So you don't need notes and scripts and how-tos and literally your authentic self shows up. And when we can be in that, she calls it your home zone. When you can be in your home zone, all the right hand gestures show up, all the right facial expressions show up. It's, it's just an interesting process uh, that she took us through, forever grateful for her. Uh, and then the best practice is get yourself on stage. And so, uh, you know, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll tell you just even a particular year that I had an intense speaking year. In 2018, I did 38 speaking events that year from all over the US, Canada, it was in Ireland and in the Netherlands. So it was, it was kind of like this tour of, you know, North America and Europe that uh, I did uh, over that year. And then 2019, I said, you know what, that was wonderful and a great experience, but I don't want to be on a plane that much. And I have a farm to live, to live on <laughs> in this, you know, oasis that we're creating. So then we made a commitment that I wouldn't go more than 10 times away. And I stuck to that commitment, which is good. And then we know what happened in 2020 and everything went virtual, which was perfect for me because that's what I wanted since we've moved up here in 2015. It was always what I envisioned to do was how do I build a business where I could still teach and help people become more of themselves, show up with authenticity, love who they are, and then go out and do the amazing work that they're here to do. And then I can go and like muck my stalls, you know, go pick weeds out of the lavender field, make some essential oil without, you know, just being able to live this. Um, I don't know. Sometimes it feels like they're complete opposites, but they're so integrated because that fuels me to show up here and do the work that I get to do. Yeah. And it's, you created your own work-life balance for what you want and which creates that and you use the word oasis which i love i love that you describe where you live as an oasis how many people in the world do that not very many even the richest people probably don't describe their homes and their you know estates as oasis but you smiled and said that's my oasis and now you can show up at your oasis and do those things whether it's essential oils or making maple syrup but also go and coach people to be their true authentic self and show up as who they are, which is, I think, a good segue into why you wrote your book, Self from Love. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So one of the things that I was finding was, you know, there are a certain type of person that has, you know, this deep impulse to get out in the world and make difference and add value and help other people. So we come from this place of service. However, also, you know, when you look at traditional selling models, it, it all, it often feels like that, you know, these type of people, me included, we have to contort ourselves to become something we're not, whether it's like the, um, you know, the car salesman approach, or I think about the, the, the banker who's networking in a lounge or at a bar, you know, right. there's like these traditional ways of how we sell and 
And what I wanted to do with the book was to offer people a different way. And I will also say a better way. Because if you're sitting there saying, how can I, I can't seem to buy into this, you know, selling feels inauthentic. It feels like I have to be someone I'm not. It feels like I need to try to do something, maybe push stuff that clients don't need, but you know, my manager's making me or my business needs me to, because I got to bring in revenue. Sell from love is an alternative for people to really look at selling as a place of how do you show up with that authentic integrity? How do you position what you're selling with empathy? So that's the empathetic communication piece around towards your client so that they understand what you're selling and what they're going to get out of it. What's the transformation they're going to receive and at the end of the day, whether you're selling, um, you know, uh, mortgages or investment products, or if you're selling bath salts at, you know, Bed Bath and Beyond, we need to look at the thing we're selling as an extension of our purpose and our impact. Wow. Because everything, you know, I know I teach coaching and teach, you know, um, training, I do my work through transforming, like through training programs, that's sort of like the transaction, my lavender product, like, so here, I'll show it to you. Um, This is the transaction, but what this lavender product does is it gives someone peace of mind. It makes them feel calm. It helps them feel connected back to themselves because they get to take a deep breath in. That's actually what we're selling. And that's an extension of me and my purpose, because my purpose part of it includes helping people feel more connected, bringing more centeredness and groundedness and helping people connect back to who they are. And so everything I do. So if I go and I sell, I'm in, in the banking business, um, I'm doing the same thing, you know, helping people find their dream home so they can feel more of who they are, have peace of mind, rest, you know, their pillow, their head on their pillow, knowing that they're building the life of their dreams all of that, we just have these vehicles, again, these products or services we sell as a way to help people get what they want. And that's our purpose. That's interesting because I have a couple brothers and sisters that could sell uh, and snow to Eskimos, literally, because they just know how to walk up and talk to people. And, and I know how to walk up and talk to people. That's, 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 there's never been a stranger I didn't know. I'm just that way. I've always, I don't know when I haven't been that way, but selling is such a different thing. And it's such an uncomfortable zone for me personally, even as a coach, a little bit uncomfortable, but just to, the title alone made, again, go back to Sally, but it, it fascinates me because I think it helps us sell from ourselves, not from the widget we're trying to sell, whatever, whatever that widget is, whether it's say my coaching services or even selling somebody, you know, to come on my podcast, you know, it's yeah. still, and that's like a light bulb moment for me because I have to understand, put the empathy tone into all of that and selling from love brings you to that point of, loving yourself, but bringing that empathy to understand what they bring to the table and what they get out of it from a feeling perspective. Is that kind of what you're trying to do? Absolutely. Absolutely. So there are three pillars to when we sell from love. The first one is we need to love ourselves. 
And so that means loving everything about who you are and then also loving what you're not. Because when we can accept who we are, it makes it easier for us to say, well, this is who I'm not and I don't serve these kinds of people or I don't offer these kinds of services because you know your strengths, you know your your areas that you're not so hot in and that you're not going to focus in on. And so, and then loving yourself also means allowing yourself to get outside your comfort zone, try things that you've never tried before, while at the same time, not allowing negativity effect or that negativity bias to take over, to punish us with negative words when things don't work out or they don't go as planned. Often what happens, yeah, yeah, I love myself, I love myself, but you go make a mistake, how could you? You should have known better, why would you do that? Like you shouldn't have said that. You know, and so that negative narrative starts influencing how much we love ourselves and that's going to hurt how we show up when we're selling. And, and then the other part of loving ourselves is actually making time to take care of ourselves. So managing our energy and self-care. I know for me, I have this um, measurement tool I call DPIs, which are deliberate positive interruptions. I need to get between 12 and 15 in a day. And different things count. So, and those are my positive interruptions that I put in my day to make sure that I'm fueled with energy, my mindset is in the right place, and that I'm constantly connected. So things like taking my vitamins, drinking my lemon water, meditating this morning. Uh, what else did I do this morning? Read, uh, taking Charlie for a run, having this great conversation with you. So these are things that fuel my bucket. And so my goal is by the end of the day, you know, on, on average days, like regular days, 12 of those a day on busy days. This is so crazy to say, I need 15 of them. So when I'm busier, I actually do need more self-care and energy management. So, yeah, that makes sense. Right. And then you're like, well, how do you fit it in? You know, I figure it out some ways, some days you can do it for a period of time. And if you're trying to do, if you're busy, like super busy for oh, two weeks, um, and then another week and another week, you're going to end up in a state of burnout. So we want to make sure we don't do that. So we got to make manage our time effectively as well. Right. Right. I, I remember listening to your podcast with, I can't remember the doctor's name, but he, you know, talked about uh, Michael Phelps and how he got apparent. He worked with Michael Phelps and he talked about that. You guys, went down this rabbit hole of burnout and you talked about your public speaking in 2018 and how much you did it and how, you know, can you kind of go into that just a, a little bit for me and my audience? Cause I thought I'm going to lead them to your podcast. Cause I think it's, it's wonderful content, but that particular one just resonated with me and it still does to the point where I bookmark it and I'll go back and listen to it again, just cause there's so much good information in that. But, that burnout yeah. phase. Yeah. Thank you for that. Uh, that interview was with Dr. Greg Wells and he it was on his book. He wrote a book called uh, rest, refocus, and recharge. And, um, and, um, yeah, I've got mine here too. <laughs> he was, um, and it was a great book, a uh, great book. And so we had this conversation around, uh, Michael Phelps, how, you know, he just trained and he trained hard and he was super successful with the hard training. At the end, he resulted in, you know, his mental capacity and his mental state was affected, his physical abilities. He wasn't getting the best out of himself because he was training so hard without a break. Ended up, you know, he 
you know, tried to compensate with other things that actually led him down even to a, a worse rabbit hole. And then he decided, um, let's try to do this differently. And so he started building a program, a, a training program that included not only, you know, the, the hard training, but also very hard rest periods. And so this notion of when we are busy or have a lot to do, we also need to be, we can't run that fast or that long, that fast when we've got a lot to do. So my particular year was 2018, that year I just told you I had all those speaking events and I was going, I'm going to say it was great. I was, you know, gallivanting all over the world. We were, my family came along with me for, you know, when we went to Ireland, when we went to Amsterdam, uh, when we went to, you know, different parts uh, of the U.S., it was great. What ended up happening, though, I was getting farther from my center because I was so busy. And I was good, and I'll go back to those energy management practices. I was really good keeping them all up until the fall happened. And then all of a sudden I started compromising. Oh, I don't have time to meditate right now. I don't have time to work out right now. I don't have time to, because I got to get to my emails. I got to work on that presentation. I got to get on a plane. And all of a sudden the things that were helping me stay aligned and, uh, and connected to who I was and my purpose and my value, I stopped doing those things. Come came December 10th. Um, I was super excited. It was my last speaking gig. I'm going to go now and spend three weeks off with my family and I'm going to have some time with them. And then all of a sudden I hit, it was like, I hit a brick wall. You know, I was going 220 miles an hour and I thought I was going to be able to relax, but my body didn't know what to do with itself because I just stopped. And so I had my exhausted, my adrenals, um, you know, I was humming, but I had nowhere to, I had nowhere to go. Like I was just like, that was it. And I literally had burnt myself out. And so Dr. Greg Wells and I had this conversation around burnout and it was interesting. You know, he, he shared that, you know, he believes that it is a necessary evil at times that we can get in order to just like athletes, they got to, you know, they got to burn out to the most that, that like, right. That hard workout where you, tear some muscles, you get to that edge. Cause if we don't get to that point, we never know what our edge is. So it's, there's always the stretching the limit. And, um, and so I appreciated that perspective because I do, you know, for me at times I would make myself wrong for taking on too much or being, you know, getting to that state of burnout. What I've also learned is, um, I don't allow myself to go so long anymore. Meaning, you know, I did three, four months without my energy management practices. I can't, I know I can't do that any longer. So if I'm three, four days, I start feeling it. I'm so in tune now with what will happen if I don't take care of myself. And I don't want to go to that place that I did back in 20, you know, in 2018, 29, you know, the start of 2019 of burnout, the beauty of what happened, it forced me to rest. It forced me to recover and recharge. I took three months off of work and that was the impetus of what was really most important. This is the beauty of hitting rock bottoms or burnouts is let's, let's find what the gift is in it. And for me was again, realignment. And that's when I said, I'm going to write this book. And I, then I spent the rest of 2019 um, writing self and love. And that came out of, I'll say, you know, the, the valley of burnout as I was coming up of now what, and what am I going to do from here? That's neat. And now that 
like a bestseller on Amazon. Did you self-publish? I did. I went through that whole you process. Did? I did. Oh my God, that is so amazing. I, I love self-publishers. I know a guy by the name of James Altucher who self-publishes all his stuff on and, and I admire that so much because I have a friend of mine who's writing a novel literally from, she's in Ontario, just across from Detroit and she's got a novel and she's like, I don't know how to self-publish. I'm like, talk about that. I mean, did that teach you any lessons about yourself? Absolutely. <laughs> Again, <laughs> it was, you know, it's this notion of um, uh, having a passion project that allows us yeah. to learn new skills. So even writing a book was a new skill. So that was a skill I never had. And I'll hmm. say not going it alone. So I did have a coach that helped me through the writing process. Um, I do have someone really good in Ontario, if you needed to refer your uh, friend yeah. to help with the self-publishing route. So I did have a a yeah. publishing company that was in, in Ontario, but they helped with designing, like finding someone to help me design the inside of the book, finding someone right. to design the outside of the, the cover. Right. So all those pieces, but again, it was just a skills and capacities that you really, it's interesting in our younger life, we figure let's go to elementary school, high school, university of some sort or college after that. And then we stop and then that's it. That's, that's it. But it doesn't work that way. We got to keep learning like that learning muscle needs to be going. And so like for yourself, when we've, you know, you started your podcast, I started a podcast. Those are skills we didn't know before. And you learn no. as you go. You it's like, this is great. So. All right. That is neat. I, I'm, I'm so proud of you too. Cause I, anybody that can do that and it's been on a bestseller and it's still good. And truthfully, it makes me feel uncomfortable, but it's also, and I'll be, you know, transparent with my audience and you as I haven't read it yet, but because I kind of wanted to talk to you first. And now to, when you talk about empathy, you're just, you're preaching to my choir, my inside choir of me and who I am, because there are days when I think I'm just, that's kind of my brand as being an empathy coach. Because yeah. I like and, being you know, a so coach. You'll love, you'll love then the love your client piece in the book, because that's all about how do we allow ourselves to understand our clients from their point of view love them so much um, that you take your widget, which I call a transaction and you turn it into a transformation. That's the impact and the change oh, that they so get cool. to experience. So there's a lot of goodness in that, especially as an empathy coach, you know, you'd, you will also help other, your clients help them use that empathy as a strength and as a tool to help them connect help them build relationships and help them get results. Yeah. Whether it's their businesses, whether it's even their day job, you know, right. and I, that's, there's so much lack of empathy everywhere to me. So I just think that needs, and that's, you know, now why, you know, as soon as I'm done with this, I'm going to click on Amazon and buy it because I love it. And I'm, ridiculously blessed that I can actually go and just click and boom, it'll show up on my doorstep. And I'm proud of you for it because it's so hard to write and self-publish. And I know, and you did something that a lot of people don't do. You asked for help. And mm -hmm. is that in your wheelhouse to ask people for help? No, <laughs> no, <laughs> um, <laughs> no, that has been a, again, another skill I've had to learn. Um, I'm uh 
you know, I remember I was a manager and a lead, like a leader, a sales leader for a number of years uh, when I was in the financial industry and, you know, delegating and getting people to do stuff. That was something I had to learn then because I couldn't do it all. I couldn't make all the sales for my team. I had to empower them and inspire them and help them learn how to do those things. And, and so that was where I started learning how to allow other people to do their work and step into their brilliant difference. And over time with my business, as I've been learning new skills and being okay with not knowing, I think that was another big thing I had to learn that it was okay not knowing how to write a book. It was okay to not know how to launch a podcast. It was okay not to know how to run and start a business. Once I allowed myself to be okay with not knowing all of, and that I would not, uh, there would not be no negative, negative consequences of that. It allowed for me to say, okay, now what do I need? And even asking the question. So when I go through my planning process, I'll go through the question around what do I need? Uh, what resources, what support do I need in order to move forward on this passion project or this initiative or this business idea? And when I ask that, that's the list that I look at and say, oh, I need a writing coach to write, make this book happen. <laughs> or I need you know, someone to figure out how do I publish this on Amazon? Um, those are some of the tools that I needed to look at and, you know, you got YouTube and Google. It's just amazing. There's, there's lots of like, there's no reason why we don't, we can't have access to information to get stuff done. It's all at our fingertips. It's yeah, it is all out there. And I agree. And I love, I I still, I'm taking so much away and I'm cataloging is my brain because I'm like you, I'm five steps ahead. And, but with my podcast, I didn't, like I'm still learning how to edit audio and I'm still learning all of that. And, but I didn't care, mm-hmm. you know, I'm so, and, and like on my post today, I'm so willing to fail. I'm getting rejections and I'm okay with that. Cause I know in the end, this is going to snowball. I just know it. Cause as you talked about earlier, I know my gifts and my gifts are my ability to connect to people. I love that. It's my, it's truly joyful for me. It feeds my soul talking to you and had no idea what to expect from you. I'm like, okay, she's a coach. She's a public speaker. What am I going to get? I had no idea. And you show up, you know, lights on bells and whistles and everything. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is going to be so great. And it has been, but I knew it. It just, I had to trust it, but I also know this is where I am and this is what I want to do. It's so much fun to be able to just trust that and know that I didn't know anything about podcasting before I started. And now I'm going to keep adding layers because I have this one little thing. And in coaching myself, I added this little thing called, does that fascinate me? Like this, Mm. you know, I have to know because I've been curious since I was a little kid. I broke my first transistor radio when I was like, eight or nine because I opened the thing up trying to figure out how how it worked and I still don't know how it works I really don't but I'm curious about things so now like with podcasting eventually I'll add a video component and being able to you know the next thing is like you said about publishing it's like there's that information out there there's information out there how to add you know subtitles on it to where people can just read along that's not hard to do now five two years ago that was hard and now it's easy so got to be curious and got to be a little bit fascinated and 
that passion project should fascinate you somewhere along the way, I think. And, agreed, right? agreed, agreed. And, and the curiosity, as you said, is what keeps the engine moving. It's like the gas because if you're not curious, there's not this openness to try. Their willingness is no longer there. We, f- we feel like we have to know and we stop asking for help. But I agree with you, you know, Kelly, having that curious mindset is what fuels the engine and keeps you going. And that's why you're able to do what you do. That's why we're having this conversation today. You're a- we're able to have this conversation to- today together, which is amazing. Well, yeah, it's, and for me, I've always, it's, you know, I was a computer programmer for 25 years and you have to be curious to do that. And the story I always tell about being a computer programmer is that we, I was working at a bank, literally pushing papers. I was a clerk and they had this mm-hmm. program where they basically send you to night school and not literally they told you, we're not going to guarantee you a job, but we're going to send you to night school to be a computer programmer. And eventually I got a job and there was one person in my class of, uh, I think 11 or 12 of us, she got all A's and everything. She lasted a year in that industry and I, I lasted 25 because mm-hmm. I was curious. I, you know, I like, why did that work? How come that's working? Why doesn't this work? Like I have a, I'm trying to, again, going back to what you said, I'm trying to change the wording around my retail job because I have a retail job at Walmart that, pays the bills currently and coaching and podcasting on the side. So I call it now on the central, it's my essential job as opposed to a survival job. Cause it has just like, I don't wonky bad negative energy as you would talked about. And I'm curious why the scales work the way they do and why they have a timestamp on them like this or whatever. And I want to go inside the scale and figure out why, but I can't cause obviously yeah. I'll break it, but I've always <laughs> been curious, right? You know, but that's just how I love, there's so much around this that I, you know, I want to take that fascinate test now because, you know, I read Sally's book, but I didn't, I didn't go down that yeah, it, whole it, take. You know, test. Kelly, I definitely suggest it. It's such a, it's a powerful tool that helps you, f- you know, align and understand your gifts better. And so as you work with your clients, you'll have, um, an understanding of how you can help them because you figure out what your biggest and what your highest, most valuable self is there to offer. And so I definitely say it's like a good use of uh, your time, but also investment to make in because it'll, it'll just give you some additional insights. Yeah. Which is good. Cause like I coach myself and I put a lot of different things on there, you know, and determining out what, what type of people, what type of person I was, because, and now that you have talked about this passion project, it just, it raised so many light bulbs inside of me that I, you know, I have so many of those that throughout my life that, and I think that's great. Now it makes me think about what I'm doing and, and where I'm going to go next. Cause that, I think everybody needs that no matter what you're in, whether you've got, you know, and Agreed. look at you, you've got, you know, a family and 85 acres and maple syrup and all of this other stuff going on, yet you have time to, for passion projects, like writing a book and, you know, going on podcasts and you're, you're a prolific podcaster now too. You're, you're dropping episodes of what, two or three a week now. Yeah, well, we're committed to weekly. Um, it's been, you know, just getting, again, I think when you commit to having 
for me, it was a passion project. So as soon as the book finished, it's like, all right, let's get a podcast up and going. And then just that commitment. It's like, no matter what, I, um, I'm committed to the sharing more wisdom and insights around how we can sell from a place of love, empathy, and integrity. And there's a whole slew of people out there that don't feel aligned to, you know, how it feels to sell. And so sell from love provides people another way. And I do believe when we love ourselves, love our client and love what we're selling, that it doesn't feel like work anymore. It feels really easy. And at the end result, you get clients with ease and, you know, you're, you're, you get that financial freedom that you're seeking to have. So you can live that life that you're wanting to have. So that's my, my, my hope and my wish and my, um, you know, the, the promise that I hope that self from love delivers for people. Well, yeah, I agree with it. Cause you know, as somebody I'm not well-versed in selling, I've, I've not had a sales job in my life, literally other than myself. And, but I know people that say, you know, you got to love what you sell. But I think you take that and you flip it. You got to love who you are and connect to them at, you know, love, empathy, and integrity at that level. If you could do that, it becomes easy. It becomes a conversation, not widget. You're not selling, Absolutely. you know, Absolutely. to a bar, you know, straws. Absolutely. You're selling them, the, you know, it, it, it shifts the mindset, which is part of what I teach is, you know, Use your thoughts to change your world. Don't everything starts from internal, internal to your head and how you do it. And you're, you preach and you actually actualize changing your words around how you talk to yourself. And that how, that's how that to me seems like the basis of self from love is how yes. you talk to yourself. Cause if you could talk to yourself better, you could connect to them at an empathy level, which that's what sold me. Cause you know, I'm going to buy that book. I'll trust me. I will like two minutes wonderful, after I wonderful. hit. Then let, let me know how it goes. Let me know how it oh, goes. Oh, I'm sure. I know I will. Cause <laughs> it's, it's going to help me and I'll do that and, and take that test. And I'm just, I'm so blessed to know you now. And I just, but everybody, I've had a couple blind uh, guests on my thing, meaning I didn't know them very well. Like I had Jordan James on, who's an inner peace coach. And I knew nothing about her. She didn't send me a bio. She didn't. And it was just this beautiful exchange of energy for an hour. And you the same way. It's coming up on an hour. And it's just, yeah, it was about selling. And, but it's about people. And it's about the goodness we all have, right? Yeah. It's a vibration thing, though, really. And self from love is about changing your vibration towards what you do. That's so Absolutely. cool. Absolutely. Even if you're not selling, you're still, I don't know. I think in every transaction in life, you could use that to help you become a better person, to become your true authentic self. Agreed. Agreed. You know, it is a book that's there to specifically solve for selling. However, we're always selling, whether you're selling your kids to eat the broccoli, <laughs> or if you're in corporate and you're saying, hey, you're selling someone an idea or motivating them to take action on something, you got to get them to, everyone's selling something. And so um, 
you know, it's, it's through the lens of which way you want to look at it, but the book is there to, it's more than a sales book. I can tell you that. I know. I think, I think it's a, 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 a it's going to be for me, it's probably going to be a life changer. Really? Please let me know. I hope, I hope it adds value. I hope it does. Oh, I can just, you, if you've got anything about empathy in there, that'll add value. Cause I okay, need perfect. to be, cause I have marinated on that for forever because empathy is a in almost every business has been lacking that I've worked for, but that's why I want to be an entrepreneur so I can create businesses that are built around empathy to where I can hire people. You know, I know I'm going to have a a team of people in the next five years. I know it. Yeah. So, and that's something that's so needed right now in, in business and in workplaces and in the world right now. So if you can bring more, teach people and bring more empathy into those environments that'll just help us as you know as as a humanity as humanity uh, continues to right. evolve so i'm gonna i'm cheering you on kelly i'm cheering you yeah. on <laughs> one emotional transaction at a time and i i could use all the cheering i can get and it's 10 a.m here in texas right on the ocean i literally am a mile from the ocean oh so gosh, this is a heck of a great way to start my day so honest wonderful. to goodness and you brought so it much energy for me too yeah it's Gosh, it's been a lot. I was thinking even about Toronto. I used to work for an oil and gas company that had, that was, I can't remember their original name, but anyway, out of Toronto. And I've went up to there many different times. I had people that worked for me in Toronto. So I've been there and I love that city. Absolutely love Toronto. It's a great place. Great place. It is. It's a wonderful place. Now, so let's close this up. Let's get people to figure out how they can find you and all of that good stuff. So they can learn how to sell from love no matter what. Yeah. So uh, you can visit me at the sell from love website, which is uh, sellfromlove.com. And I also have a resource available. It really helps people um, fall in love with who they are, uh, figure out what their brilliant difference is and have them craft the words so that they can sell with confidence. So if that's a, a resource that you're looking for some help on, how do you figure out how to describe <laughs> what you bring to the table? Um, how do you tell people in a way that doesn't you know, feel awkward and uncomfortable, but they are like, oh, I want some of that then uh, you would want this Your Brilliant Difference Blueprint. And you can get that at sellfromlove.com forward slash blueprint. And again, it's just a powerful resource. I'm going to say it's 20 pages of goodness. You just work through the workbook and you will walk out of there feeling more confident, but also having the words. So that way you can attract ideal clients, grow your business and um, do work that feels good for you. Yeah, that's wonderful. Any, any other ways... Okay. It's just a sell from love. And my podcast. Yeah. The sell yeah. from love podcast. About, that would be another, yes. yeah. So another, another great place is the sell from love podcast. So uh, we produce a show every week all around helping you shift from transactional to transformational selling. We talk about mindset. We talk about health and well-being. Uh, we talk about sales skills. We talk about confidence building and uh, connecting with clients. So it's uh, anything and everything that will help you stay in alignment to who you are, connect to your client with your clients with empathy and help you have a powerful impact. That's what the show is all about. That is awesome. I'm so proud of you. I'm so grateful. And I'm going to click that Likewise. little self from love right as soon as I'm done recording this. So I appreciate your time today. Thank you so much Thank Thank you, Kelly. for coming on today. Appreciate Talk it. Talk to Thank you, you later. Talk to you Bye. soon.